Here's Neymar now. Cavani is there. Balotelli on the turn. Quality. Kalufa Cavano. Oh, what a strike. An absolute beauty for Florian Tomac. Kylian Mbappé wraps it up. Hello, bonjour, and welcome to a brand new season of Le Beaujeu, the official Ligue 1 podcast. Now, the first trophy of 2019-2020 has already been claimed by Paris Saint-Germain, who beat Rennes in the Trophée de Champion in China on Saturday. And fresh back from Shenzhen via Glastonbury is Robbie Thompson, and we're in his flat, having got through the summer Paris heatwave. Sao an, Rob. Dave, hello, welcome everyone to, uh, to the front room again. And uh, yes, I only just got back myself yesterday, so uh, feeling a little bit jet-lagged. My name's David Crossan, your host, as our regular anchor Matt Spiro is away. We're not quite sure whether he's done a Halahodzic or whether he's off trying to get a big transfer over the line, or if he's just having a lie down. He's a bit excited that Arsenal have signed Nicola Pepe from Lille. No Matt then, but I'm delighted to say we've got a podcast debutant, our executive producer Ian Holyman, who is a real person. He's not a figment of our collective imagination. Have you had a good pre-season, Ian, been working on those puns? <laughs> Hi, David. Hello, everyone. Yeah, I'd like to just... I feel like I'm the Jesse Moula to your Stefan Ruffier here. I'm just, uh, you know, hanging around in the background, picking up a, you know, sizable pay packet and uh, coming out to perform once in a while. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. And his suspension's over, so Armel Tongi is with us as well. I'm the Stefan Ruffier then. And how nice many, you've still you got a few game. games left of your band, don't you? Um, nice to be back. Uh, start of a fresh <laughs> season, new ideas and serene tackles. <laughs> Yes, yeah, no gentle pre-season run out this. I want us to be sharp from the first whistle here. We're going to go through a busy summer for the league and clubs. Look at the transfer ins and outs and ahead to the new season. We have to start, though, with Paris Saint-Germain. Now, Rob, you travel with the players. You were singing the Thiago Silva song all the way to China and back again, but somehow they're still speaking to you. You know PSG from A to Z, from Areola to Zagre. How was the Trophée de Champion? The, the match itself was, uh, was a, a pre-season match. It wasn't wasn't the easiest. The conditions were, were very difficult for, for, for both sides. Um, a victory in the end for Paris Saint-Germain. Rennes scored a, a goal that looked uh, about half a yard offside with their only real attack of the match. Adrian Unu's goal, the opening goal Adrian for, the, for Rennes who beat PSG knee. in the Coupe de France final. So Kylian Mbappe talked about revenge ahead of this game and Paris Saint-Germain did get their revenge in the end. With they, the- they did, th- courtesy of uh, an Angel Di Maria free kick as well, which was a superb su- superb free kick. Pablo Sarabia looks very good under Herrera as well. Um, that real box-to-box number eight high-intensity midfielder that Paris perhaps have lacked a little bit in the last couple of years. Um, he looks very good. Abdou Diallo and Tilo Kerrera were playing in the middle for the moment because Thiago Silva and Marquinhos have only just got back from, from winning the Copper America over the summer as well. They came on. Marquinhos started in midfield um, and was, was very good there as well. Plenty of positives, I think, in the end for Paris Saint-Germain. And uh, a few highlights from, from the 11-day tour of China as well. Um, and I'll have to just think about uh, what I can reveal. I did actually have to sing in the plane on the way back. Seriously? What did um, you go for? I, I can't reveal that or what other people sang. Mysterious girl, <laughs> Peter Andre. <laughs> but there was, a, there was a great atmosphere in the, in, the, in the team plane on the way back after Paris had won their 40th trophy. And uh, I can say that it was Alphonse. That, that includes the seven Trophée de Champions in a row, does it? They count those. Yes, they do count them. And I saw that they were even uh, included in the local newspapers and everything back here in France, in Le Kip as well, talking about the chance to, to do a quadruple again this year was back on the cards. So perhaps the Trophée de Champion getting a bit of recognition so as well. Big celebrations for Paris Saint-Germain, another trophy under the belt, but 
no dousing of Thomas Tuchel in champagne. He didn't sing happy. That was his initiation last year when they beat Monaco. And ultimately, Armel, it was a player who didn't play. He was suspended and is coming back from injury, who still ended up dominating the headlines. Neymar wants out, but he's still at PSG. It's an awkward situation. And I saw the replays of the second goal, the winning goal, Angel de Maria's one. And Well, I know he does it because he loves to provoke reaction on the pitch or off it, but Neymar didn't really seem too bothered. Everyone around him was smiling and happy. Perhaps you're a little closer and he just takes a while longer to react than most, but... Well, I, I didn't see him. He was up in the, the VIP uh, mm. box as well. We were in the in the press stand. But I, I did, at one point in the second half, he must have done something because about half the crowd all started cheering and focusing on what was happening in the VIP box and uh, not what was happening down on the pitch. He he is a star in, in Asia mm. and everywhere and, but, and probably more than more than Paris Saint-Germain. He, he, he is a star and it was a shame probably for many of the fans, that he that he wasn't there. He didn't travel to Macau or to Suzhou with the team either because mm. he's coming back from that ankle injury. So, but look, what, he, he does attract a lot of attention. No, Ian, uh, Neymar was disciplined by the club. This is part of Leonardo being back as sporting director, a more hardline stance, let's say, than what's happened in terms of the treatment of the most expensive player in the world, the Brazilian superstar. Uh, a week late, returning from Brazil... Paris Saint-Germain have to get this situation sorted out, don't they? It's going to be better for them ultimately if he does go, if he wants to go. It, it will. I mean, you can't keep a player like that uh, on the sidelines or at the club against his will, even though I no, no real doubting of the professionalism on the pitch. I mean, he certainly performed as Neymar over the last couple of years. But I mean, basically, if you look at his injury record, he's, he's what played a full season out of two. I mean, yes, he's provided the goals, he's provided the assists, but you, you, you need more than that from what 220 odd uh, 20 odd million so they do have to have to get this right I mean I think Leonardo's really following on from what Nasser al Khelaifi said about look if players aren't happy then they can go that was clearly at the end of last season that was clearly directed towards towards Neymar but that's um, a bit of a change in politics isn't it because absolutely. the club have never let players go who mm. wanted who wanted to go I remember Blaise Matuidi had almost gone to Juventus a year before he did and the club turned around and said, look, no, you're not, you're not going it, this year. There was an interview with Marco Verratti last week in a French newspaper where he was saying that uh, you know, he could have, he almost did want to go to Barcelona, mm. was a bit disappointed they didn't let him go, but seems to have changed now and that players that want to leave should be let to leave so that the club can advance with players that want to play for the manager in charge. Well, it's the idea of becoming bigger than the players, isn't it? And that's mm. what a criticism that's been levelled a lot at Paris Saint-Germain is that these star players have been too big, that Zlatan was too big for the club, that Beckham probably was too big. And they were, they were great servants for the club, those two in particular. Then the same things were said about Neymar, that he was too big for the club and not respecting the club. It's, the club has to be in a position, has to be strong enough to say, look, you don't want us? Well, then... You can go. I think there was a big step towards that as well with Kylian Mbappe sort of rowing back on those comments that he made. The greater uh, responsibility. <coughs> exactly. He, he, yeah, he, he kind of rowed back on those in China, didn't he, Robbie? But, and but and that, said, like, you know, I wasn't really talking about leaving. It was that sense that if Mbappe is sort of putting himself at the service of the club, then, you know, sort of by that, extension, that press conference, ma- The match day minus one press conference from Kylian Mbappe, if you haven't seen it, go and see it because the kid is only 20. And it was one of the best press conferences I've seen from a player at Paris Saint-Germain since Zlatan Ibrahimovic. It was headlines. It was punchy. He didn't avoid any question. He answered everything straight up. He was funny. He was, he was brilliant. He was candid. 
it was it and he's was looked really, really sharp impressive. in pre-season, hasn't he? Rob? It was he looks incredible. In the condition he looks to... like he's more mature than he was last year. Yeah. It's Thirty-three incredible. league goals last season. He, he says that he'd obviously like to try and beat that this time <laughs> around. But one of the things involved in that greater responsibility when we were trying to interpret his comments was which position would he play in, and he did speak about that. He says he's not actually trying to usurp Edinson Cavani and play down the middle all the time, even though he's got a greater chance of scoring goals when he does play down the middle. So how do you see this going, Armel? Well, from that particular point you just made, there was a, it's nothing new. We saw it at the end of last season, but Mbappe, did he start on the, well, he was coming in from the left on this yeah, particular but he was on the left anyway wing. yesterday. Yeah. Dribbled two or three players as he tends to. And again, Cavani was just unmarked, begging for it in the middle. Mbappe went for goal. And I, you can understand that when you've scored 33 goals in, in a league season, obviously you're going to be one of the players that goes for goal more often than not. But some chemistry there still lacking a little bit. And while Neymar is unavailable, or I imagine mm. he'll be back soon, they need that needs to be one of the priorities to make sure. PSG he did say in that press conference, possible. in talking about that positional play as well, that he talks a lot about the coach, about how they play, about what the interaction is with the other players and everything. So I'm sure it's. You know, all all the questions and everyone sort of trying to work out what the motivations are of each player and everything. Look, there does seem to be some chemistry more with other players and less with other players, which is all which is all normal. But in that action, for example, I mean, it was superb when he when he mm. the move was superb, and you're almost entitled to try and go for goal when you've dribbled three players at the at the speed and pace he does it as well. Yeah, I think I I, I commentated the the game against Inter Milan. Uh, in which I have to say um, Alphonse Ariola had a brilliant game and Paris Saint-Germain would have got mugged, quite frankly, without without him in goal. They ended up losing on penalties. Uh, but uh, uh, what I thought was really promising, Robbie, was the way that Sarabia and yeah. Ander Herrera not yeah. only have played, and particularly Ander Herrera, but he was in there. And you know, bear in mind that the guy has just come from, he's come from Manchester United on a free. I mean, amazing bargain, Mm. Um, amazing bargain. Exactly the sort of player Paris Saint-Germain needed. Mm. And more than just his play, he was talking and he was organising and he was telling people, get, you know, get organised, get here, do this, do that. Now that's that's something that, you know. It's been a a more low-key transfer window in terms of incoming players for Paris Saint-Germain but it's a very sensible transfer window so far with Mm. addressing those midfield problems which we talked about at length on Le Beaujeu last season by getting in Ander Herrera by bringing in Idrissa Gay uh, from Everton who I think is going to be a really important player Mm. in this upcoming season and Sarabia looks an an incredible bargain as many assists as Lionel Messi in La Liga last season he can score goals looks like a team player solid character yeah, I think as you say, it's low key in terms of like, oh, there's no massive headline grabbing name like the, like that there was in previous season. But isn't that that's exactly the sort of players that the Paris Saint Germain needed? They needed that experience. They needed somebody to talk. And as you say, Sarabia, as many assists as Lionel Messi in La Liga last season. I mean, and he wasn't playing for Barcelona. He wasn't playing for and Barcelona. And he already Barcelona. he already looks good. There's obviously a few things to be worked on in terms of mm. link up play just him knowing his partners better, but he already looks like a very good addition to the team. Yeah, yeah. Not, not only sort of a goal threat, but I mean, set-piece delivery is, mm. uh, has been And excellent. a player who's not just, let's say, a backup to Angel Di Maria, but someone who can get into the rotation that Thomas Tuchel will have to use with all the games that Paris Saint-Germain are going yeah. to have And to you play. also now have, just with, the, just with four or five additions to the squad, with particularly the, the big three, Herrera, Sarabia and Idrissa Gay, it's changed the whole... Well, and with Abdou Diallo as well at the back, it's changed the whole sort of structure of the team. You now don't see all those weaknesses. 
that that apparently were there last season. You've still got as if they keep all the players they have, the likes of Paredes, Draxler as well. I mean, where is the place for them in the side? Mm. But the fact that they are staying, that they're there, gives gives depth, gives everything, and there's quality everywhere, all over the park. Now, perhaps the fullback roles. Tom Mernier looks like he's back in favour so far. He's played every match. There's Colin Dagba, who's who's just come back from injury again, but he's, you love him, don't you? Robbie? He's an option. I, he's a quality young player, Colin Dagba. And on the left side, Levan Kuzava, Juan Bernat. There again, it's not perhaps the most exciting, you know, Roberto Carlos esque. Uh, left back position, but you've got two internationals who are playing, who are <laughs> going to compete for that left back position. Well, you say Roberto Carlos, they're not Roberto Carlos esque. Uh, I probably would say they are because they're probably better going forward and mm. defensively a, a little bit suspect. That's perhaps something they could work on. Just just a quick word on on Diallo David. Mm. Uh, had a couple of great seasons in Germany. And um, I think it's a really, really smart move. Yeah, I was surprised he wasn't given more of a chance at Monaco. Whenever I did mm. see him play, I mean, he played when uh, Monaco were going deep in all of those competitions, they sent a, a reserves team to play PSG in a cup semi-final and he was the one Monaco player that really stood up mm. in that game uh, in 2017. Well, yeah. I think I think the French postal services could learn a lot from his distribution because uh, it's, it's been quality. And I think that... You know, well, he only played five games in that in that season. But yeah, he does look and I think he's grown a lot in those two seasons I mean, you're playing, in, in you're playing, he was He was great at Mainz, Dortmund... You're playing mm. in front of 80,000. There's a lot of pressure. You're challenging last season, challenging for the Bundesliga title, pushed Bayern Munich all the way, which is perhaps something that uh, Paris Saint-Germain won't get this season. But, uh, you know, with Thiago Silva's time at PSG, it is coming to an end. And it's it's a smart move to bring a young guy yeah, in. He's like seen Thiago. as a threat to Presnel Kimpembe's place. And will it mean Marquinhos having to play a lot in midfield? All of these things are for future programmes. Before we leave PSG, I think we should just talk about the wealth of young talent that they've allowed to leave the club. It seems like this pattern's now been established where you play 10 games and Thomas Tuchel does like to give young players a chance, especially in the early part of the season or late in the season. Um, and then that's enough to earn you a 10 million euro move somewhere like Timothy Weyer going to Lille, like uh, Musa Diaby going to Germany, Christopher Nkunku off to Germany. I w- What's going I, on? I was going to pick up on Timothy Weyer's exit actually because I, I was quite surprised by that one because he's got such marketability. And that seems to be such a big part of PSG's American international, plan. Timothy Weyer, George Weyer's son. Exactly. And not only that, but if you look at his social media pages, you think <laughs> he's a model more than a footballer. And someone like that would be perfect for kit launches on the catwalk. Wouldn't they? <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe it. But, but Lille know what they're doing. So watch out for their kit launches next season. <laughs> Segway alert. <laughs> I think we should talk about Lille. They finished second last season under Christophe Galtier. And uh, they're going to play in the Champions League this year. They've already sold 160 million euros worth of players this uh, transfer window. And it might not be finished yet. The talks of uh, Thiago Maia joining the Exodus. Nicola Pepe's gone to Arsenal. Rafael Leao, we're all a bit sad that he's gone too. Mm. Off to AC Milan. They've spent about 70 million euros. And we have to say that where aside and maybe one or two of the others they're pretty much unknown quantities and it's going to be really fascinating to see how Galtier makes this team gel I'm sceptical as to whether they'll be ready in time for the Champions League uh, group stage I'll take my segue back if I can because thank you I like it Um, I I think Lille in losing Thiago Mendes have made a very very astute replacement with Benjamin Andre who last season was Mm. one of the best tacklers in Europe one of the most underrated as well for sure 
And I think... Really bring, cheap as well. Eight million euros for a 29-year-old who was captain of Rennes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Led I've, them to the Coupe de France, led them in Europe. I, I, I don't know much about Victor Ozimhen, the centre-forward that they brought in from Charleroi. But going, judging Lille by the signings they've made in the past two or three seasons, you can only really be optimistic about the likes of Ozimhen, about Braderich, the left-back they've brought in to replace Yusuf Kone. And uh, just for a laugh, they've also brought in a man called Leonardo Jardim. Incredible. Because yeah. you can never have Against too many Jardines. Against competition from Monaco as well. Surely exactly. Luis Campos yeah. did that on purpose. <laughs> but uh, he's a, he's a well. goalkeeper, not a coach. That one. Let's hope he's just as good at press conferences. I, th- I agree with you, David. I mean, what, you, can't, you can't expect them to be ready for the Champions League, can you? I mean, Nicola Pepe, look at the contribution he made to, to the team last season. It was, it was absolutely phenomenal. There's, there's no way... There's no way, however good uh, Timothy Ware is going to look in the catalogue, mm. he, he's not going to he's not going to produce that sort of output on the pitch. You, you can't expect them to do as well. I mean, they, and we are expecting Ware to fill that position. He's seen as a, a wide attacker in Christophe Galtier's plans. I think Bomber is going to have to take it to another level, mm. which he already moved up a big level last mm. year. But he's going to have to take on that Pepe responsibility. Loic Remy. The veteran striker did finish the season strongly, and they're making these acquisitions at the moment. So it's going to be really. I think we to need see. to need to just place a little bit of our faith in Luis Campos. If Monaco's mm. Monaco's project came a little bit undone in the last eighteen months, it's because Luis Campos moved to Lille. If Lille was so impressive, it's because as well of that Luis Campos move. The man has an incredible scouting network all over the world, and these players that no one's ever heard of that he brings in. They're invariably, two or three of them uh, are incredibly talented players with huge potential. And when you're talking about putting faith in people, uh, let's not forget Christophe Galtier. I mean, how many times did he get his star players sold from underneath him at, at Saint-Étienne? Mm. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, notably amongst them, and still Saint-Étienne challenged. Yeah, they weren't challenging for the title, but they were certainly up there with the, the top four or five. He did it time and again. He's going to have to do it again now. It's a massive challenge in the Champions League, but I think the, the Champions League is just a bonus for Lille, isn't it? I mean, a bonus in terms of, of economy. They really needed the cash, hence the big, the big uh, outgoings in terms of players this summer. But, you know, they've got six games at the top top European level. And, there's you know, given the draw, they might squeeze into the Europa League. I mean, it's, mm. it's, just, it's just a huge bonus. Having said that, Thiago Mendes leaving. Uh, Fonch is staying, I take it. Which so that's, one? That's important. Rui's left. Rui's gone left, back. Yeah. yeah. But, but uh, one player in particular, I think, if you talk about midfield, midfielders leaving, freeing up space. One guy who really impressed me last season was Bubakari Sumare. Mm. And... That space will open up for him now, and I think he could really be an important player, not just for Lille, but in the league this season. Quick fire question for all of us here. Can Lille finish in the top three again? I say no. I'll go with yes. Don't know. <laughs> He's bottled it. You're not allowed yes, to be yes, yes, in the first programme. <laughs> no, not a chance. Which leads us neatly on, will there be a title race this season? Can anyone challenge Paris Saint-Germain on paper... I think Lyon are best equipped to try and mount a challenge. And let's talk about some of their transfer movement this summer. On the way that they finished last season, I'd have to say getting Thiago Mendes in and selling Tongi and Dombele for all that money to Tottenham is a very good move. Oh, absolutely. I think on Dombele, the, the suggestions that he just takes it a little bit easy 
uh, were were completely justified. You know, at times when Leon needed him and others, it has to be said, to step up, he didn't really take the game by the scruff of the neck as as, as you would have hoped. And uh, I think it's probably a good move for Leon in economic terms and also a good move for Undombele in the fact that he's got a, a bigger challenge now to face. Furlong Mendy and Nabil Fakir, other high-profile departures. And new men in charge at Lyon with Silvino coaching and Juninho overseeing that. Jean-Michel Olas starting to take a little bit more of a back seat now that he's in his 70s and has got someone he really trusts in, in Juninho. Well, it's the first foreign coach, isn't it, that he's, that he's brought in for a, for a long time. And certainly no, a, a coach that doesn't have a Lyon history as well, which was one of the things he always said, Jean-Michel Olas. It always had to be an ex-player that was, was at the helm. Of course, all the backroom staff and with Janinho, he's surrounded by all... Florio he's Maurice still is still Claudio there. He's still got Claudio doing his translation, yeah. the former Leon defender, the fellow Is Chris Brazilian. still there? No, Chris yeah. left. He's gone. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the, the reserves didn't do that well under Chris and mm. Chris ended up leaving. Um, oh, speaking, that's another point about just to go back to the Paris Saint-Germain kids. There is no reserve team this mm. year at Paris Saint-Germain mm. as well, which is what it is but they've decided not to have a reserve team so all those young players that are over uh, the age to fit into the under 19 squad well they're all going to leave so there are some there are some players to be had for all these clubs around Europe as well but Leon you want a percentage Rob (laughs) (laughs) no comment (laughs) so more about Leon haven't been that good in pre-season so far Silvino wanted to play a 4-3-3 we're now hearing whispers that that could be modified to try and incorporate Martin Terrier who was magnificent at the end of last season mm. and likes playing in a left-sided role maybe in a 4-2-3-1 um, Fakir not suited to the 4-3-3 is Fakir leaving it's sad and I was surprised how low the transfer fee was and where he went going mm. to Real Betis considering he almost signed for Liverpool and last no Champions year. League football for him this season but is it well. Ian Going to free Leon up in a way, give him a chance to move on. Yeah, I think I think I think you're right there with Silvino trying to put in that four three three. Fakir was never going to fit into that. He's not the mobility he? anymore. No, he, he doesn't. And I, I think that that's obviously that move to Liverpool, which fell through, and talks about his knee, which he which he injured so badly. I think memory serves back in in, in 2015, just after he scored his first uh, league on hat trick. Actually, has really done a lot of damage to to his reputation in terms of can he still really hack it over a, a lengthy season? And that, that's why Betis have got him at a, a really real bargain basement price. I hope he does do well. I think he's a, he's a fabulous player. But yeah, maybe he's... I mean, he wanted to leave as well. So his time at, at Lyon was up. Um, quite looking forward to actually seeing Lyon this season, I think. I have to say one thing I found really, really good in reading a, an extensive interview with Silvino in L'Equipe was that... He spoke to Bruno Genesio. Bruno Genesio gave mm. him a lot of time. He said mm. they sat down for breakfast and they could almost have ordered lunch by the time they finished talking to each other. So this handover has gone off very peacefully and in a very mature way, which isn't always that common in football. And he's also, he's also going to... He's not a Leon man, or not a former Leon man, as many of them, them have been, but his very close association with Janino. Exactly, he's a Janino man. He's going to so, give him a huge yeah. amount of credit. I mean, I, I don't think we can, we can overstate just how important And he's done very Gennino well in the, in the Brazilian Federation, hasn't he, with youth teams. I think he's very well respected. Well, he was going to take credit. He was, he was taking over the Olympic team, mm-hmm. and then the call came uh, from Janino to, to join him to join him there. And, and Olas has absolute 100% faith in, in Janino's decisions. And uh, so, so whatever Janino says about Silvino is, is good enough for but, all us. But is Thiago Mendes 
a good enough replacement for Ndombele? Is Kone a good enough replacement for, for Ferlon Mendy? I think both of those players are very good players, but mm. we also have to remember this is Leon, and you never know what's coming out of their academy. You never mm. know which youngster they've signed over the summer from a, a lower league team that they've spotted for a, a long time. One of those, um, I don't know if any of you saw his goal against Genoa when Leon lost 4-3 in, in pre-season. Lad called Bubakar Fofana, 20 years old. It's quite funny when the ball hits the back of the net, top corner, Memphis Depay kind of turns around and goes, you? A brilliant, brilliant goal. And it just, it made me excited that despite the fact that they might not be signing big names the way that Premier League teams have been this summer and taking Pepe's away from us, the Endombele's away from us, there's going to be a new flow of fresh talent to get excited about can't talk about them yet because they haven't done it but isn't but. isn't there not this feeling as well that leon have that intangible thing that makes a club a big club in whether it's in france or in europe as well and you always know even if look they've sold a few players leon will be one of the biggest rivals just because they are olympic mm. leone and that's what and that's what it is to be olympic leone i mean if you look at the potential front line of memphis bertrand Traore, and uh musa dembele who has been who has been pretty decent in, in pre-season. Didn't play all that well, I have to say, with the France under-21s at the, at the European Championships when they got to the semi-finals, but was carrying a bit of an injury. But he finished last season well. I know he had a difficult start mm. to his Leon mm. career. That's a pretty decent front line. And yeah. I think Thiago Mendes, no, he's not he's not as good as Tongi Ndombele. I mean, intrinsically, he's mm. not a like-for-like replacement, but he's a very, very solid replacement. I think Joachim Andersen, I mean, he's a Danish centre-back. I mean, think about to Danish replace cent- Marcelo. Yeah, think about Danish centre backs in, in in the past. They generally know what they're doing. Really good defenders, young guy, uh, typical sort of of Leon by. I mean, I think the real question is, like it was last season, can they perform consistently? They took four points off Man City in the Champions League. I don't think any Premier League team took four points off Man City last the, season. The real question for me is, what is Mapu Yangambiwa doing back in the side? He's yeah. been playing pre-season, pre-season goal. Season. He got in, a pre-season goal. He didn't play for the last two seasons mm. in the first season. Yeah. He's been there the whole time. And it's, uh, but remember, I mean, Dave, David is it just us, to sell him off? David they will tell us sell him? how badly he did at Newcastle, but he was a, he was a really good no, player. When he captained Montpellier to the title yeah. in 2012, I, I thought... He was of that clutch of well, signings at France. Newcastle. He's a France international. I, I thought he yeah. was the best of them. He was the one this, I expected to go on really well and have a fantastic career. As you probably all know around this table, the first team training pitch at Montpellier's training ground is called Le Terrain Mapu Yanga and Biwa. This guy's still playing. That's how good he was. And now he can't get that. a game. <laughs> I said that the first trophy of the season was claimed by Paris Saint-Germain. That was actually wrong. The What's EA League and Games took place <laughs> in Washington and Marseille got the bunting out. They had a triumphant homecoming, having seen off the challenge of the other three League and clubs who were out there, uh, Saint-Étienne, Bordeaux and Montpellier, to walk away with the trophy. André Villas-Boas, their new coach, but uh, a bit of belt tightening going on at Marseille. They've overspent in recent seasons and we don't quite know how they're going to shape up this season. Benedetto's there, though, isn't he? He was at the Velodrome. D- Dario Benedetto. This is the Boca Juniors. Twenty-nine-year-old uh, forward. Forward, yeah. I think he scored a couple of Libertadores final goals, didn't he? That's why most mm-hmm. people know yeah. him. But uh, I mean, the general opinion is at Marseille that it's another season of uncertainty because the likes of Luis Gustavo and Kevin Strotman, who despite not really being able to play together, do provide 
some ballast and some experience in the middle in the middle of the park. There's Andreas Villas-Boas's arrival, which is exciting because Rudy Garcia was it was a bit boring, wasn't he? He just moaned whenever Marseille <laughs> lost and blamed the ref. So there is excitement around. Yeah, what- and the passion's there. They had a crowd of over forty thousand for the home defeat to Napoli in their final pre-season yeah, game. So, yeah. as ever with Marseille, if they make a, a good start, the Velodrome will be right behind them. If it doesn't go that well, then Villas-Boas is going to be under pressure from the off. I think I think the player that they're really going to miss is Lucas Acampos. Mm. I mean, they've kept Torvar, which was, which was crucial. I mean, yeah, they've kept Payet, but he was pretty underwhelming last season. But Lucas Acampos, I mean, is there a player that you can rely on more to put in a shift for your side. Even if he's not playing well, even if things aren't coming off for him, his head doesn't drop, he's still running, he's still doing it. And Marseille have cashed in on him because they, they've had to. No Balotelli, that's perhaps not a massive loss, but he did he did score a, a reasonable I, well, amount of goals well. for him. He did him. well in his six months. Well, five. I'd also, right. I'd also be a bit worried about the lack of a backup goalkeeper once again. And backup, even with a view... To taking over now, Steve Mondonda is who's back as captain now. Steve Mondonda. Oh, under yeah, Villas Boas okay. has uh, had a chat. He he says he's got four captains in his team, uh, but Mondonda is going to be the man wearing the armband. Is Gregory Sertic one of them? <laughs> no. Well, he's oh. back. He is back. Yep. yep. Florian Tovan is one of them. Florian Tovan and Dimitri Payet. We're seeing more and more armband. of this, aren't we? This this sharing the captain's armband around and and sharing the responsibility. Is it is it about being nice to, to senior players and saying, here, you you can wear the captain's armband again. Is it about creating some sort of leadership committee I f- in I mean, the club? They, they have that, in, they have that in, typically in, in sort of Spanish clubs, don't they? You, you, you hear about the sort of dressing room committee. First that, captain, second captain, third mm, captain. You know, dressing yeah. room committee goes up and, and, and sort of tells the coach this and that and the other and, and organises Well, bonuses. the Brazil national team was all changing, changing captains for... Mm for a while there as well. But I, I, I have to say, I'd be, I'd be slightly concerned that if I have to give this, a senior player the captain's armband just to make him take on some responsibility, I'd be questioning what, he, what on earth he's doing at no, the club. N- none of these teams have a Scott Brown or a Vinnie Jones, do they? So you, you, <laughs> you can't share captaincy when you've got cojones like that in the dressing room. You, yeah. you just can't. So, you know, maybe this is the way forward in the, the modern game. The, it's the lack of a leader. Well, lack of a clear leader, that means you, you share the captain's armband. Lack around. of the old-fashioned leader, shall we say. Someone that could always, doesn't matter who's in front of you, they'll come up and back you. Imposes his will. Yeah, absolutely. In the, in the, in the changing room as well, probably. Mm. And Marseille kick off their season at home to Reims on, on Saturday afternoon. Lyon are at Monaco the previous day. Uh, we should talk about Monaco, I think. Leonardo Jardim brought back after 100 days of a paid holiday, as it's generally known now, came back with an improved contract. And uh, Monaco, they've got to be stronger this time around, haven't they? I think we're going to see a lot more transfer business from them over the next three weeks in both directions. But I think they're going to be exciting to watch this year. Huge match to start with as well for the, for the season. Against Leon, yeah. yeah. Against well, Leon. It's looking like they're going to lose Falcao between now and the end of the season. That will be a big loss, not only for Monaco, but for our beloved Ligue 1 as well, because he is, he's been a brilliant striker for these past few years. Didn't realise that Keita Balde, of course, mm, come back from loan, okay. and that's an interesting addition for an African Cup of Nations finalist and someone that has shown that he's got what it takes to be a very good player. 
I think there's still a lot of work for Monaco. I think they're going to have a lot of pace though. going forward, though, because they've made the Jelson Martins mm. signing permanent. Mm. It seems like Onyakuru is going to come in to play on the left hand side with Ronnie Lopez perhaps going. So that this is, we're starting to get back towards the sort of model that served them so well when they won the title, albeit with players that aren't quite so good. And we're hearing that Jardim wants to play the 4 4 2 that got them to the title as well. I mean, Falcao, yeah, what, 15 goals last season? I think Monaco only scored 30-odd. Mm. So it was, a, it was a huge contribution. But of course, Jovetic was injured again. And Jovetic came in when Falcao was, was out the previous season and did a pretty good cameo. Um, he's, what, late 20s. Falcao is, uh, what, 33, 34, I think, in February. Are you so, playing the Robbie Thompson age? Play- yeah, you're on very thin ice I was going to ask, I was, I was ask Robbie and then thought better of it, but... You know, commit get, 33 or 34. Yeah. I think he's 33. I, I will not be making any, but comment re- regardless, it, you know, if a big if, if if the money comes in from China, you know, get get something for him. And Jovetic can if he stays fit, and it is a little bit of a big if it has to be said. Yeah, there, there are plenty of forwards we'd like to see stay fit this year. Pellegri, yeah, I'd like, really like to see more of. We'd like to see a little bit of Gerbils, oh, the, like the player they signed for 20 million yeah. from Leon. Yeah. The, it's the it's kid. Gerbils, is it? Gerbils. Okay, like the animal. Yes, okay. almost. Right. Almost. The animals. <laughs> Radamel Falcao is 33. Thank you. El Tigre. And does, he, does Radamel <laughs> not want to go and play baseball then? I saw a, a comment from him the other day saying that he's got several options and he doesn't know what's best for his career at this stage, but they're exciting things. But I thought midway through last season, he 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 announced his, his desire to, to give baseball a shake. Well, I think playing baseball is not going to do a lot for his football career, Robbie. I'll, I'll, well, I'll stick my neck building. out there and say that <laughs> that is probably going to be a, a bit of a problem. But no, he, he did want to be, I mean, you know, baseball is massive in, uh, in South America. Columbia, as you know. Yeah. yeah so... He did, mm. he, he, he did fancy it, I think, when he was a kid. But uh, I fancy being a professional footballer for Sunderland when I was a kid. And look how that he went. still could. I probably still could. I'd probably, <laughs> get a game, probably get a game, yeah. Saint-Étienne finished fourth last season. Uh, Jean-Louis Gasset was terrific for them. But uh, he decided that that was his time in football done. It was time to go back to Montpellier. And his assistant, Gislain Pranton, has taken over. Is Pranton going to keep that spring in the Saint-Étienne step? Very nice, Dave. <laughs> I, I am always a little bit sceptical when the assistant steps up. Having said that, having said that, Galtier was assistant to, uh, to Alain Perrin at Saint-Étienne and, well, look what he did. Um, I think it's more and about... And Jean-Louis Gasset was assistant to Laurent Blanc everywhere. Mm. For, <laughs> everywhere. For, for and yeah, assistant to Julien well. Sable. <laughs> yeah, exactly, for about three games. But... I think, so. I mean, Saint-Etienne a lot hinges on, you know, does Mvila stay? A lot of talk about him leaving. Cabela has gone. Well, I think but- he's going to stay, Jan Mvila, isn't he, after the, the coaching appointment? It well, was there was one a, that he wanted, wasn't it? There was a suggestion that he didn't get on the plane to go to the US and et cetera, et cetera. Um, we but- might know a lot more by Thursday, which is when the English Premier League transfer window closes in but terms I, of Jan Mvila's future. You've got to, you've got to look. I, I tell you what, personally, as a League One commentator, I'm I'm pretty happy that the that Yanis Salibur has gone back at the end of his loan and William Salibur, although he has signed for Arsenal, is staying because keeping both of them was an absolute, it was a commentary nightmare. Thirty million euros Arsenal have paid for Salibur, who was Matt Spiro's one to watch, and uh, I wonder if Matt had a little word with Unai Emery because Salibur has signed for the Gunners, but a bit like the Kurt Zuma deal to Chelsea a few years ago, has been loaned back to live there and. He's got to be first choice this season. William Saliba really 
terrific young you, player. You say that, but they brought in Arnold Makudi, who a lot of uh, Ligue 2 enthusiasts were raving about. I think he came in from Le Havre, who have a history of producing fantastic players as well, the Norman club. So it is almost a given that Saliba is going to be first choice if Arsenal were prepared to put 30 million on his head. But mm. nice we not see happy to see Riyad Budabu's back. back? Yeah. Exactly. yeah, I was just That's about to say that. Fantastic. We know he'll turn it on in those Sunday night games that are shown in prime time on <laughs> exactly. French television and then we'll probably walk around the pitch and the games that are 8 o'clock on a Saturday night. There are always a couple of nutmegs in, involved. Mm. Yeah, but in you've got, a, you've, got a fa- you've got a quite fancy... Budaboos and Kasri together. I mean, even uh, I thought Robert Berich actually pretty pretty underrated. I think he could be in that sort of Brandao role that uh, that he did so well when he was mm, when he was alongside Bamiyan. Yeah, sort of battering ram forward. And I mean, you know, set piece delivery from those two and, and set piece goal threat from Budaboos and and Kasri is. I mean, Budaboos for me is an upgrade on Cabela. And they've also brought in Denny Bonga from Nîmes, mm-hmm. who. Uh, I think probably got six or seven goals last season Eight. for Nîmes. Eight. Eight. There we go. And uh, yeah, he's a Gabonese international, plays alongside Aubameyang. Similar sort of eccentric and fast, straight-to-goal style. Not quite as good as Aubameyang, but he was decent in a green shirt as well for Saint-Étienne. So let's see what Buanga's got in his socks. Nice, nice. Uh, we should have a, a word about Ren who uh, lost to Paris Saint-Germain in the Trophée de Champion. They've uh, signed Edouard Mendy as a new goalkeeper who was brilliant last year uh, at Reims, kept a lot of clean sheets. And uh, we, didn't really see Ren, we didn't really see Ren, though, did we, two days ago against Paris Saint-Germain? There were so many players missing and yeah. so many changes from the side yeah. last year as well. Yeah, but the coach returns still from there. the Africa Cup of Nations, mm. uh, the likes of Mbain and Ismail Assar. Ben Sabaini as well, who, who was absent, and he's really caught the eye after the Africa Cup of Nations. But I thought it was very good last year as well and got that incredible goal in Europe, in the Europa League. Look, good players and a good coach. They'll stay organised. We have to see, you know, the, the likes. Keeping Ismail Assar and bringing in Mbanyong on a, on a permanent deal are, are very important. They're, they're both big and fast. They have experience. They're, they're important pieces to the puzzle. What's going to happen in midfield? Benjamin Andre was such an important player for them. And at the back, Mecher, who scored the, the goal that gave them hope in the cup final last year. He's gone to Bordeaux. What are they going to do at the back? I, I like the way they replaced Mozambique with Madagascar at the back <laughs> by bringing in Jeremy Morel, who managed to make it back for the pre-season training, yeah. despite representing Madagascar this summer. We were so, talking about a solid professional in yeah, Campos, but Jeremy Absolutely. Morel is mm. the model professional. Yeah. No one's got a bad word to probably say about, about him. Even when the crowd are on his back, he'll always try for his team. He's probably the only man in Ligue 1 that can win a header with his chest. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good addition to any side. I mean, Morel de Silva, I'm, I'm a big, pretty big fan of de Silva. As well, I think he's he's another very very solid league young performer. Ben Sabayani, that's that's a really good back three. They have to hold on to him though. Apparently, there there are plenty of observers circling around Ben Sabayani, trying to pry him away. Mm. Flaviente, Flaviente, interesting player. Had a, obviously had a great season last year. And he good fit for Ren. That's exactly the sort of player you can see yeah, playing exactly. for Ren with Ben Arthur having left the club as well. They needed a a player with that creativity. And a couple of. Impressive moments against Paris Saint-Germain on Saturday mm. for him. And one player we were talking about him earlier, Eduardo Camavinga, 17 years old. I, I was so impressed with with him every time I commentated a game he was involved in. And he started the Trophy de Champions, so he's clearly 
in Julien Stefan's plan, pl- plans, plans <laughs> for the coming season. And I'm really excited to see what he can do. I mean, Ren have always had that sort of tag of being a, a wonderful producer of youth talent. It's, they've been sort of overtaken a bit by Leon, but uh, you know, look at their pedigree. It's a rare tag, isn't it? Wonderful producer. <laughs> yeah yeah you could say fortunately we've got one Armel oh, yes. there we go yeah. thank you gentlemen thanks uh, checks in the post boys <laughs> now we all know that pre-season is mainly important for getting up to speed but uh, you don't want to lose your last friendly 8-1 do you and that's Ooh. what Patrick Vieira's mm. niece did they lost 8-1 against Wolfsburg uh, which was a game of two halves but the halves lasted 60 minutes or something like that we've seen some three times 45 minute games going on in pre-season as well they'd also lost 6-1 to Burnley mm. and this does not augur well for was, Nice wasn't the second Wolfsburg brought on an entire new 11 in the yeah. second half which I think was the reserve team wasn't it or or was it the first team that came on I think it was it, my, my fears are that they brought on a, a lot of young players that to destroy Nice in the second half but I could have misinterpreted well Rick, I mean to be honest I think you you Venturing into uncharted territory there, Robbie. Thanks very much for making us look a bit daft. I didn't well, find a live TV are. stream of that one, unfortunately. <laughs> but he asked that, I mean, you, you've got to worry for oh, what? I was concentrating on the Debushi Co. <laughs> As Saint Etienne lost 2 1 at Newcastle on Saturday, Debushi did score. Yeah, with a Riffle rare. made a big mistake. A rare rush of blood to the head from uh, one of my, one of my uh, sort of. One of your heroes. Bromance, yeah, Bromance heroes, uh, Stefan Rufi. But um, hey, look, he cleaned up Zlatan Ibrahimovic in that famous game mm. a few years ago. Ibrahimovic weighs about 20. Five kilos more than Joe Linton. Well, he was he was up. Is against, that because it was preseason? He was if, up, if, if that's if that same situation happens when he plays his first league and game this weekend, he'd take the man out, wouldn't he? Well, I mean, I tell you what, if 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 Rufier had tried to take out Joel Linton, who who I I love. I mean, he's the Brazilian a Brazilian forward, very good at Hoffenheim, by the way. If you wanted to uh, to know that, but he, he has, which part he just, of France is that? He just he just has East. pretty close to Germany. He's um I mean he's got such a he just sounds like a plumber from from Gateshead or I'll something. I'll try and get us back onto topic now. Yeah, so, sorry, uh, sorry, New, sorry. Newcastle sorry, signed nice. Alan San Maximan for twenty million euros <laughs> from Nice, who we were talking about. So let's go back to talking about Patrick Vieira's niece, who uh defensively were outstanding last season and that's why they finished so high up the table but they've conceded eight <laughs> to Wolfsburg and they conceded six to Burnley. Yeah, that's why you've got to worry that they've conceded fourteen in two games, haven't you? I mean and- and in their defence, they've let two players go who one was hugely experienced, okay, in the eve of his career. He didn't play much Chalet. last year. Mm. He, he did struggle with injuries as well, so perhaps that's not quite so important. But I was really surprised considering their lack of movement in the transfer window to see Olivier Buscagli leave. Mm. He's been snapped up by PSV Eindhoven, who clearly saw something in him, something that not always, but I also recognised there was a bit of talent there. Young player, just 21 years old and... I'd have thought that's the sort of player that Nice would want to hold on for, even if it's just to make a bit more money in a couple of years' time. But there is so much work to be done. They've only brought in... Yeah, not any, many players. Kethrem yeah. Turam, Marcus Turam's little brother, is pretty much the only recognised signing they've made. I'm still waiting made. for the takeover. Britain's richest mm, man. Of course. The pro-Brexit businessman, Jim Ratcliffe, the, the, who owns Ineos, is uh, close to taking over Nice. But for it's the good of the Zegma, it, it, it would have been better if this had happened a little while ago mm. so they could have gotten with their summer business and Vieira and Gilles Grimondi and everyone else around there would feel on a more solid footing going into the new season. I feel pro- being pro-Brexit might be the reason why it's taking so long because that just seems to slow everything down, doesn't it? But I mean, you do look at that on the side and you, where are the goals going to come from? 
I mean, Yusuf Atal got well, they, six. There were hardly any last, last year, season. weren't they? He's the right back. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think, well, about I think 13, Max and Maxima had six as well. Weren't they joint top yeah, scorers? They were two of them. Yeah, well, I mean, they need right... Mizian Maulida to come good for one. He's mm. got to get off the mark. Yeah. Yeah, but. He just exactly. got in a rut, didn't he? Because he's 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 fast. He should be uh, someone that can can get goals, but just didn't happen for him. I mean, I think they tried to do, and he came in from Leon, didn't he? And yeah. it, just as Alessandro Player had done, his move to Nice really kickstarted his career. He was fabulous at, at Borussia Mönchengladbach, back to Germany. Sorry, chaps, uh, last season. <laughs> but you know, Malida has he's been he's been injured. Yeah. There, of course, there was that huge imbroglio with with Mario Balotelli. Nice for word. For the first half, that's what that's what I get paid for, David. That's Big words. Um, I read it in a book. Um, it last season, I mean, that just really poisoned the first half of of Nice's last season, didn't it? I mean, it was they were they were always chasing the game after that. They've been looking to offload Balotelli, Willie Warnie, mm. Willie Warnie. Eventually goes in January, but it's it's too late by then, and yeah. they've got nobody to replace him. Well, their they, best player last year was Walter Benitez, absolutely by, by some distance. Absolutely, yeah, could could well be again. I mean, yeah. Look, Vieira also clearly understood that it was going to be a problem finding goals. So played defensively the whole, the whole, the whole. Not only the structure, but the way they played, the animation of their their football was defensive. Um, I don't see any reason at the moment, given what's happened in the transfer market, why that will change. To be honest, I think it will be another and there's still a good few days. For William Cyprian to be signed by West Ham or Newcastle, so I need to be careful about uh, that it, as well. Surely that. Doesn't I mean he's got huge potential? Is that what Newcastle look for in French league on players, Dave? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first Le Beaujeu of the season is flying past, and if you're fans of some of the clubs we've not mentioned so far, don't worry, we will come back to them in future editions. But I think we'll just have a, a look at a couple more clubs, the promoted clubs, because uh, we didn't talk about these at all last year because they were in Domino's Ligue 2 and not in Ligue 1 Conferama. Metz and Brest have come up and they'll have to really go some to match the achievements of Rance and Neem last season who got their top half finishes and were safe from relegation really early. So uh, I know you've got a bit of a soft spot for Mets, haven't you, Armel? For Mets? No, not really. Me, it's the Breton teams, so yeah, it'll be Brest. Gaetan uh, Charbonnier, 27 league yeah. goals last season. And Abdou Diallo's little brother as well, plays at Brest. For, for Charbonnier, just quickly, he is one of those classic... Ligue 2 players who are the Dwight Gale of France exactly but and, and just can't seem to do it and for just can't understand why can't seem to do it in Ligue 1 he but was signed in, as Olivier Giroud's replacement in 2012 I think he's played a, Champions League football that quality footballer great vision intelligent footballer bit big slow. strong bit slow but but can do it at, at, at the second division and just can't seem to do it regularly at least it sounds in like the top flight uh, did he played for PSG. I was going to say he did when he was a kid. I was worried yeah. about the positivity in that that he maybe. <laughs> well, maybe that's where it comes from. I I know, they, yeah. They're interesting as um, Jean-Marc Furlong, who is someone I really admire in French football, a lover of the mm. game, always sends his teams out to play attacking mm. football. Uh, he left after yeah. getting them promoted, and mm. uh, Olivier Dalolio won the race with Christophe Pelissier, the uh, former Amiens coach. To did take they literally over. have a race? <laughs> in my mind the first they did. one to Brest. I love that idea the first one to get it's there it's like right lads the first one to <laughs> reach the western tip of France gets the job <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have to say I think I, of those two I think Mess are the best better equipped uh, can we just clear up the pronunciation there as well chaps because uh, we've got Mets and Mess and it no. is mess. By all accounts, it is mess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Same um, with Osser, where Fiolon has gone. 
or Sayer. But I think, I think, I mean, you know, a little bit like Strasbourg, brilliant, brilliant fans. If they sometimes they do sort of overdo it a little bit, but they've got, I mean, they've got a decent keeper in in Ukija, who mm. was at what Angers seems to, seems to me, um, and they got Strasbourg, I think, Stra- yeah, uh, Strasbourg, yeah, and, uh, and Hab- an African Cup, African winner, absolutely, yeah. and Habib Diallo, look out for him. Uh, mm. Twenty six goals last season. That was as many as he'd scored in his entire career. Before then, he's he's only he's only got one in league game prior to prior to that. They're going to need him to to sort of keep that form. But uh, Senegalese striker came through the genera- uh, generation foot academy like uh, Sadio Mane, uh, Ismail Assar, am- among others. Um, he's going to be he's going to be their main man. They've C- kept Thierry Ambrose on loan. Yeah, on the season. That's yeah, that's, that's good. And Kevin Enderam. Exactly. Who's from never Monaco. really got his yeah. chance at Monaco, so it'll be interesting to see what he can do in a and slightly different shade of red. And they have. Um, <laughs> I, I see Frederick Antonetti as being Metz's Ian Holyman all the other way around because yeah. they sort of run things, but from thousands of miles away. Mm. That Antonetti's based in Corsica. Unfortunately, there, there are illnesses in his family, and he has to devote his time to that. But he still is in charge technically with Vincent Ognon. Mm. Uh, I hope you like that pronunciation. I think that's mm. very good. Yeah. yeah, thanks. Hognon. Vincent Hognon. Was he not uh, having a disaster at Nancy? He was. Uh, yeah, he was only ago. in charge yes. for the seven former Saint Etienne defender. He's spent a lot of time at Nancy. Yeah, he was a player as well. Either. I think okay. he's very much a Nancy, a Nancy boy. Could you say? You I could say you that. Yeah. Shouldn't, but could. Yes. Well, you have. In terms of where he's from, but he's now with Mets, and he's the arch rivals. He's the Shall we say the puppet master? Because Antonetti is taking control from home, as Dave just mentioned, and he's still relaying information to Vincent Hognan, who's taking charge. Hognan, not so good on the pronunciation. No, <laughs> they've got they've got a couple of veterans, a bit of experience as well, which you always need in in the side. John Boy, yeah, uh, Ghana right, international, Boy, yeah. and uh, Renaud Coad, who who. Great player, great player, underrated, great, great player, yeah. underrated player. Stopila yep. Sunzu as well. Yep. Yeah. Zambian. Yeah. yeah. Won the Who's Nations Cup with under uh, Zambia. The man with with it, Mr. Fox. The Fox. A number of white shirts in in his mm. uh, almost as many drop. as you. I know. Uh, well, his, one day when we do get our video cameras up and running, you'll see how pristine Ian Holyman's white shirts are. <laughs> he gets up at six in the morning. I do, I do love an iron. I do love an iron. Right. I think it's time for us to make some predictions that will make us look very stupid when it comes to next May. So let's start. Let's with start the, with this weekend. Let's start with the promoted <laughs> clubs. Are they going to stay up, Mets and Brest? I'm going to say Mets, yes, Brest, no. I'll second that. I would have said that as well, but maybe I feel I should say both will stay up because perhaps uh, two league sides could, uh, could mess it up as well, I think. I think Brest will go down. Yep. Definitely. Mets, let's hope they stay I think up. Mets, Mets look the, the stronger of the two, without doubt. As long as Gag will come back up if Brest <laughs> go down, then that's fine. You don't care, do you? No, that's all right. Let's go for our top three really quickly. I'm going to go last, just to see what you three say, and then I'll give a copy. <laughs> I'll go PSG Lille. Sorry, Leon. Forget Lille. Third, anybody's guess. Really cleared that one up. Cheers. I said top three. Ian. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to go into political interviewing mode here. I want the top three. This was like Robbie's best moment. Where... All right, Dijon. To... I'm kidding. I have no idea. I nearly got there in the end with the, at the end of last season. Well, Paris Saint Germain champions. Leon second. Uh, 
see. Just put it into the hat, yeah? Yeah, exactly. Place. Just just pick out any name, to be honest, because, I mean, Montpellier, possibly? Oh, Montpellier, Strasbourg? not doing too bad. Montpellier? Strasbourg. Monaco. Okay. And I'm going PSG, Lille, Marseille. No, Lyon. I, I just, I, I don't know why. I think it's just I, I want Marseille to do well for the sake of our of our beloved league. So there we are. And I prefer Lille to Lyon. It's purely emotional. Nothing. I was going to say that's absolutely wishful thinking. Yep, I'm genuinely. Yeah, genuinely. So I, I'm going to predict PSG champions as well. I mean, why not? PSG, Lyon, Marseille, my top three. I think the real question is just, uh, is it going to be as as much of a cakewalk for PSG as it was last season? That's more the question, isn't it? They're going to win the title, surely, but. I'm really hopeful that Leon can push them a lot harder. They do catwalks, not cakewalks now. Well, that's, I thought that was Leal. I thought it was Timothy Ware on the catwalk. Oh, I see he's left now. Uh, I'm so confused. It's only my first. It's only, I'm only making my debut, boys. Done well, done well, Ian. But you do listen to the programme, don't you? Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll refer you to my lawyer. Uh, if you do listen to the programme, you'll know that we like to finish off with our Bon Voyage feature. Week one of the season, it's sunny, everyone's happy, everyone no in, Paris in Paris is on holiday. Yeah. <laughs> Paris Saint-Germain are at home, so maybe it will be more tourists at the Parc de Prince than usual when they host Nîmes on Sunday night. But uh, well, I think all of us should have a go at Bon Voyage this week. Anyone want to go first? Well, I'd just like to, for, the, for those tourists who turn up at the Parc de Prince, parking is free around uh, the yeah, park, true, the park exactly. de Prince. So, Are you uh, sure? Boulogne is included in that? I don't Boulogne, think Boulogne is definitely changing. free in August. Okay. So uh, as I've parked this morning. Traffic so, uh, news. <laughs> fill your boots. Um, I, oh, I was Sorry, Armel. I was just, um, just going to jump in your car with you because I know you like oh. to head back to Germany a lot to see, <laughs> to see the latest Hoffenheim strikers. But I'll stop off in Strasbourg and go and see the Eastern Derby to, to kick off the season. Oh, that is Strasbourg a against Metz on Sunday Five o'clock kickoff. That's always fiery. Get it over and done with in the summer. Good idea. Busy fixed your list for Strasbourg at the moment with all their Europa League qualifiers, mm. and we do wish them well with those. Yeah, very nice, very nice fixture. First up as well to go with Monaco Leon. Uh, I'm going to head down to the French coast, the Riviera. Whereabouts? Nice or Monaco? Monaco do Friday both. night. Could do both, yes, true. It's only, what, 60 kilometres between oh, the two? Oh, not yes. even, 30. not even. It's about, about half an hour drive. Very very nice drive it is too, if it's I can continue the travel It's an expensive taxi, thing. I seem to remember, from uh, <laughs> flying to Nice and then missing the train to Monaco. There, very nice drive. Back. Very nice drive. Um, I'll be there Friday night. I, can I, I'm, I'm just going to go slightly left field here. I want to go to, to Montpellier, Rennes. I think that's a very good game, and I think that that will give it, I mean, it's very early, but I think Montpellier... Have got a pretty decent side now. I mean, we haven't mentioned him, but he seems to have been mentioned in every single pod last season because I did actually listen to it, believe it or not. Teji Savanier. <laughs> Injured. Injured. Oh, no. Yes, he's mm. out sideline for a while. Oh, yeah. That is desperate because That's I think. The team got them. I think, yeah, but well, I think Laborde and Delors as well up mm. front. Mm. Very, very good. I think the question mark has to be how can Dimitri Berto or whoever they bring in replace Leconte in goal? They were very good defensively, as you might expect, if Delors and Laborde. Can continue scoring and, and Savania gets champion as well. Well, quite remarkably, indeed. But if Savania, when, when, if and when Savania gets fit, um, mm. I think that along with Flora Molly, I think they've got a very, very yeah, good side. Is that indeed. not the creativity they perhaps 
just lacked a little bit. Absolutely. For De Zakarian. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to go to Lille. I'm going to go to Lille against Nantes on Sunday afternoon because I want to see what Le Canari are going to do after Vahid Halhodzic has decided to leave Nantes. He uh, took charge of their final friendly against Genoa. And now Incredible. He's, he's yeah. off. Gone. And I also coachless, want to see coachless these not. new Lille players so that I've got more to say on next week's podcast. Yeah, could you pick us up a catalogue as well when you're in the fan <laughs> shop, please? Because I really want to see Timothy. I'll Ray try and get a selfie. Yeah. And <laughs> this is what the kids do. Isn't it? I'll put it on my Insta. That wasn't very credible, was it? Anyway, I think that's, a, that's how we're going to finish this first Le Beaujeu, the official League Amp podcast of the season. I do hope you've enjoyed listening to it. Thanks to Robbie Thompson for hosting us and his contributions as ever. Any song, Robbie, to finish with? No, week? no songs. I didn't sing very well. No songs. Thanks to Ian Holyman and Armel Tongi. I'm David Crossan and probably Matt Spiro will be back next week. We'll find out. Oh, what a goal! And Kylian Mbappe wraps it up.